0: Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com, BlueNile.com.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.
2: Adrenaline in his soul, the WWE draft has no control. Cody Rhodes appears on SmackDown, brand split, be damned. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review Podcast here on the WrestleTalk Podcast channel. I am your host, Tempest, alongside my wonderful and beautiful co-host, Sat E. Nyangi. We are the House of the Black Mask. It's cold enough out that I can wear a sweater into work. Therefore,
0: we wear black. That's how the name originated. We were wearing black for a while. I noticed it. And I was like, we're, we're House of the Black Mask, aren't we? That's, that's what we are. I mean, I feel like the name was born after last year's Christmas party because we are coming mm. out with different names. You know, uh, I was coming up with a silly name. It was, it was, it was, it was Sat Pest. It was the one that was like, the leading one that went with. Don't like. <laughs> Sat We were Sat for a bit. And then, yeah, House of the Black Mask, you know, came along, you know, is a, is a spoof of House of black obviously but you know we're house of the black mask the house always wins but before we start a
2: little getting better at that
0: we are we are it's almost in sync and then soon enough and may not have to look at my uh you know fingers and uh, my fist anymore anyway uh what's causing all of this what's causing all of this tempest what's causing it happy saturday day, by the way what's happy saturday indeed
2: yes. We're going to get into this SmackDown review podcast and mm-hmm. find out what is causing all of this. Because you have a theory as to why Cody Rhodes just happened to be on SmackDown this one time. Don't I? You sure do. So we're going to get into the not main event segment, but the main event match and the lead in and the fallout of said match. Because we had an in-ring promo from Paul Heyman, who was flanked by Sola Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. And last week, of course, Jimmy Uso versus LA Night, yeah, yeah, was set up for this show. Mm-hmm. So Paul Heyman is directing all of his promo time towards John Cena. This is really the Fallout promo from Solo's win over John Cena at Crown Jewel. So he says that because of Solo Sokoa, John Cena is not here. John Cena is never going to get to say goodbye to the WWE universe and to the C-Nation. You're not going to see him here, there, anywhere in Hollywood. Nothing because of what Solo Sokoa did to him. And he's going on and he makes fun of John Cena's music. He said, oh, three, two, one. That's right, John Cena, that was your cue. Your cue to come down here, do, 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 do. Come in, hit the five moves of doom on Jimmy. Hit the five moves of doom on Solo. Hit the five do- moves of doom on me. It didn't happen because you're not here because of Solo Sakawa. So he's really putting over Solo. And then, who makes the interruption but LA Knight? Yeah. Yeah. And he comes out and he says that because of Jimmy Uso, Roman Reigns is still WWE champion. Without Jimmy Uso, he would be the WWE champion. And he makes a little rhyme. It's good stuff. And this leads into the main event match, which again, I think we've seen Jimmy Uso versus LA Knight in recent weeks. Mm. It was fine. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what you're gonna get. He wins with the BFT. LA Knight gets another win. So that's good. He's still getting big reactions. He's still one of the biggest stars on this show. People like doing the yeah. Yeah. And after the match, Solo Sokoa comes back out because Paul Heyman gets a phone call at the start of the match and he leaves, Mm -hmm. leaving Jimmy Uso to fend for himself, which he is unable to do. And Solo Sokoa then comes out at the end of the match to go face-to-face with LA Knight. But Jimmy Uso jumps LA Knight from behind. LA Knight gets hit with the Samoan Spike and they take LA Knight over to be put through the announce table. And who makes the save? Not John Cena but Cody Rhodes, Uh which is curious because Cody Rhodes is not on SmackDown. No. And hasn't really been involved with the Bloodline much at all as of late, Mm -mm. but few things here. You could see this as the story resuming. We are now in November which is only a stone's throw away from January and the Royal Rumble, which is then only a stone's throw away from WrestleMania. So mm-hmm. we might start to see a little bit more Cody Rhodes involvement in bloodline matters going forward. because Lord knows he better damn well sure finish that story at WrestleMania. Ugh, that story we got on for
0: ages. It's a never ending story. It's like me reading that A.J. Mendez book. It's been never ending. I've been reading that book since <laughs> 2020. I just wanna, so I'm and I'm, I'm going to be honest. Some books does take a long time to finish, and that's one of them. I'm still reading that book three years in. So,
2: but the, the Brian Giewicz book finished that in three days. What's that about? <laughs> you can tell what this guy likes. But Cody Rhodes, they beat up the bloodline, and Cody Rhodes and L.A. Knight stand tall. Now, yes. that was the end of the segment. That was Cody Rhodes' involvement on this show. Mm-hmm. But you have a theory as to why Cody Rhodes may have been on this show. And I think it's a pretty darn good theory. Thank you. Two things. Number one, Jimmy Uso
0: did scream out the tag titles, never really got a receipt for that. So that's number one. Number two, a certain Kevin Owens is suspended on SmackDown. I assume that Cody Rhodes, being the 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 the, the, the savvy negotiator, went over to said SmackDown and said, Nick Oldish. You and I, you know, we've both, uh, we've been around the block, been the NW champion, traded a couple of times, you know, with you for a third match together. How about, you know, you do me a favor and let Kevin uh, come over to Raw and uh, be part of my War Games team. What say you, Nick? And Nick is like, what say you, Cody? Uh, I'll think about it and get back to you. Thank you, good sir. What's going on there? Bloodline shenanigans? Well, you know, I do owe Jimmy a receipt.
2: Toodles. It I think that could very well be the case because Kevin Owens is returning to SmackDown next week. Mm. So that suspension did not last very long. Oh. Perhaps that could be the time where all of the big reveals happen because he's supposed to be on the Grayson Waller effect and Lord knows there isn't usually a reason for that show to take place other than to set up something having nothing to do with Grayson Waller. But that's fine. Kevin Owens, only off a week with his suspension. Mm. That could be as a result of Cody Rhodes. Yeah, could be. I think it is hilarious, the idea that Cody Rhodes got Kevin Owens traded to SmackDown for Jey Uso, and then as like, actually, can I have him back for a couple of weeks? I kind of need some help over here on the red brand. That would be funny. But I do also see it being very plausible that that is the case. However, mm-hmm. Theories and such aside, I want to put over the fact that this guy is the goddamn man. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes comes out, and he gets the hero's welcome of a pop. Like, LA Knight is the guy everybody's excited to see, everyone expects to see. He's booked in the main event match. The whole deal. Like, Mm. he's the guy on SmackDown right now. He's the top baby face on SmackDown, and he gets the response that you would expect. Mm. Cody Rhodes was like... Oh my God, we weren't expecting to see Cody Rhodes tonight. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. And he gets the big monstrous ovation as Mm -hmm. he comes down to clear the ring and save the day. He, to me, feels like the star of the company right now and has for a very long time. I'm not the first one to say this, but my goodness, I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate Cody Rhodes appearing on SmackDown because... I'll be honest, Mm. there were some things on SmackDown that I thought were pretty good. But after last week, which felt like a really big SmackDown, with lots of big moments, heel turns, good matches, a really huge main event, this felt like something where it was like, oh, Big Star has just arrived. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really cool, and I think reflects very well on dear Cody Rhodes. And also another thing you 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 mentioning
0: Big Star being on SmackDown kind of reminded me. It's been weird to see a reduced screen time for the bloodline over the last couple of weeks. I've enjoyed the fact that Smackdown hasn't been gravitating to, you know, around the the the, the world that is, <laughs> or the, the island of relevancy, should we say. SmackDown's you know, rotating around the island of relevancy of that is the bloodline. It was good that other storylines has been at the forefront over the last couple of weeks, which has added to my enjoyment. I feel like since Nick Aldis... I feel like him joining the company joining the company and starting on SmackDown, it's kind of correlated with what we've been seeing in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's just a different energy around the shows. Um obviously there wasn't a, a women's match on the show, boo, but uh there were
2: I was gonna get to that. Part yeah, part of the match
0: closing segment. But to the last part on my theory about the 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 trade or whatever, I feel like what we're gonna talk about later in the women's section also might correlate with Kevin Owens potentially being part of Team Raw. I'm 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 assuming that this is going to come out on Raw, and then that the the Wall effect will just be a explanation how it came to be.
2: Probably. Yeah, that could very well be, and I think the ending segment of the show could very well play into that. I mm. think that makes a lot of sense, and we will get to it. But let us know what you think about Cody Rhodes appearing on SmackDown once again, inserting himself into Bloodline business. Yes, is this just a one-off or is this the start? of the end of the story.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops if we're stopping to get gas.
2: We are going to get into the rest of our SmackDown review here. Yes, we are. Because we opened the show with damage control. (laughs) Damage control. Sort of. Sort of. And I say sort of because damage control did come out. But there was some confusion in the ring about whether or not this new and improved damage control was officially cemented. Mm. Because Bailey gets in the ring. And she's talking. And she's very arrogantly proclaiming that she's a mastermind and the plan has come together and she's playing chess while everyone else is playing Candyland, as she then screams Yahtzee, because <laughs> Bailey is the best. She's brought Asuka into this group. Everything is better. The new and new and improved damage control is the most dominant faction in WWE. And Kyrie, Asuka, and Eo. Io- then start, like, giggling to themselves and chatting in Japanese. And Bailey is like, Haha, yeah, that, that's what I said, right? Right, right, guys? So, I don't know this. I don't speak Japanese. Perhaps somebody who is able to translate this, and I'm sure we'll see this on Twitter as soon as we're done. Please do. But, it seemed very much like they were gossiping about Bailey getting God. She's overcompensating, that's what it yeah. was. They're laughing. Like, ha ha, silly fool. Look at her
0: trying to take cre- credit for what we're doing right now. Yeah. She doesn't know what's coming to her. And she's like, what? And she's paranoid. That's what I love about Bailey. Bailey's not a complete fool in that situation,
2: though. No, she, she kind of gets it. Like, she's still kind of an oblivious heel, but she's not totally oblivious, where she's like, Yeah, it's like, uh-huh, yeah, right. Because yeah.
0: there's an uneasiness. She knows that she's not part of the plan. I think in the public, she wants to appear that she's in control secretly she doesn't know what the heck is going on this group hasn't been the same since crown jewel everyone's whispering talking same things she can sense something's happening it's uneasy right now where's her best friend when she needs her <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: the winds of change are blowing because like she'll take credit for this on tv mm. but she didn't bring Kyrie into this group no and she didn't bring oscar into this she didn't group. know nothing so this goes on and Bailey's uneasy, and Dakota says, well, this hasn't been a properly christened new group. You haven't welcomed Oscar into the group officially yet. And then they do that, and they're all like, yeah, damage control. And so then Shotzi's music hits. And Shotzi then leaps off the top rope, blindsides mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the heels. And Bianca comes out and Charlotte comes out and they have a big brawl. But the baby faces get overwhelmed, they cannot overcome the numbers disadvantage, and damage control clears the ring. And so Shotzi, Bianca, and Charlotte are all stood in the rampway as the first segment comes to an end. And then immediately after the commercial, they go backstage and they're all like, "Uh, oh boy, we need backup. We need some more help. What are we going to do?" Shotsy's like, oh, I just I just want to kick their butt. I, I just want to kick their butt." So you mm-hmm. can really tell that she's fired up. Mhm. Hate this PG crap. I've been watching this for like 15 years now. I'll never forget when DX was facing Legacy yes. and they said that Legacy were like butts but not like the cheek. They were like more of the middle because my God, 2009 is the doldrums of the PG era. But regardless. No, but uh, if you're talking
0: about that, let me mention a certain uh, guest commentator by the name of Road who right. <laughs> who's filling in for Corey Graves. He, for some weird reason, goes, oh, you dead and know? You better call somebody. It's like, no, your, your butt cheeks better call somebody. Add something to it. It doesn't make sense that like, why you can't say you your butt cheeks. Better call somebody the a double crooked letter. You can't say the a double crooked letter. What's wrong with him?
2: I don't know. You can't.
0: You can't say it. And it ruined it. It's Kind of like doing revisionist history. I'm like, you never. You didn't say that in my childhood. You didn't say that when I was a kid. You. You said the a double s. Say it.
2: Ass. Ass. When they called them so. When when Billy Gunn was called the bad bleep, the uh, the, the bad bleep, Mister Bleep, mm-hmm. Billy Gunn. Yeah. I was just like, why are we doing this anymore? Like, put DX in a retirement home. Which I did forget, maybe I just would have liked to, that Road Dog was doing commentary for this show. And I'll be perfectly honest, I tuned him out for the entire show. I was not paying attention to Road Dog's commentary whatsoever. And I think that was probably a good choice.
0: He was he was there. He, he wasn't offensive or offensive. Yeah. <laughs> he was inf- why can't we just have a two-man booth? Because we know why. Because Kevin Patrick's going stink up the joint by himself with Michael
2: Cole. <laughs> Michael Cole's had worst commentary partners over the years. Yeah, but but mm. um I, I don't know,
0: you know what it is Put Kevin Patrick back where he belongs, backstage asking questions. No offense to the guy. He seems like a lovely guy. It's just that he doesn't have the oomph for it. I like that Jimmy Smith guy. He sounded like an MMA commentator because he was. And I, I miss that kind of presentation. Like Kevin Patrick, when he talks, he, like, he talks for the sake of talking and no one's listening. It's just like I, I miss the days when wrestling commentary was a piece of, of my enjoyment for wrestling. Nowadays, like, I don't care if I mute it. I'm just watching the action now because the commentary doesn't add anything in anymore. It's a
2: dying art. The Ox is dying. Need to put some more oomph in his bloom. Mm. So, Mm. back to the point at hand, of of course. course. They declare that they need backup. So, they make that decision. And throughout the show, we get further updates on that. Then, we had our opening match. That being a number one contender's three-way match to determine who will face the tag team champions next. And you had Pretty Deadly... You had the Brawling Brutes, and you had the Street Profits. Yes, boy. It's always the deal where you get, like, the two teams that are sort of feuding, and then the third team that's going to win. Lol, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that was the case here, because this was, like, a fun little three-way match. Mm-hmm. Which, has that come out yet? Hang on, let me... I don't want to spoil anything. What? Um, it, It's an episode of No Holds Board that I don't think has come out yet. Oh. Uh... No, I'm gonna save that. But the triple threat tag team match, yes, sir. Not a favorite match of uh, some people that I've talked to. Really? Yeah, to oh. be part of, rather than actually watch. Because mm. usually a three way tag I think produces pretty good results. Me too. You know? Yes. But and the fatal four way ones as well. I enjoy mm-hmm. Andrei, any tag team
0: action that goes on. Yeah. The more the team, the merrier. Yeah. Love a good tag match,
2: but. In this case, it was a friendly fire from Butch on Ridge Holland. He hits like a brogue kick type deal on his partner, and that causes distraction, confusion, befuddlement, and then the Street Profits hit the the revelation for the win. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of all of this, B-Fab was once again shown talking to Bobby Lashley. So, stuff's going on there. Still don't know exactly what, but... You can use your imagination. There's a business deal happening of some sort. Mm-hmm. And so the Street Profits are now back in title contention, yes. which is a big thumbs up, I would say. I think probably the, the well, they're the best tag team of these three. They're the tag team that has kind of gotten the most consistent story progression on SmackDown, outside of just vignettes and, and such. I don't know how that is going to work with Street Profits and the Judgment Day. Heel versus heel, baby. Heel versus heel. Maybe you could do something there because there has been a history of the Street Profits kind of struggling with their heeldom over the last few months. That being said, they have more or less committed to being heels since then. So maybe not. Maybe we'll just get a heel versus heel match, but maybe they'll win and maybe we'll get the tag titles back on SmackDown?
0: I, you know what? I was thinking that, but at the same time, I was kind of saddened that um, every tag team are saddled with two tag goals, mm-hmm. they need to split it. Yeah, because if you put a title on SmackDown, yay, yeah, you know, SmackDown's fortune's been restored, but Raw now then suffers with having,
2: you know, a heavy tag division, but no tag titles. They need to split it up. I don't disagree. I think no matter which brand doesn't have the tag titles is going to suffer for it. it. But you like you've got Seth Rollins, the world champion on Raw. Mm-hmm. You've got Gunther, the Intercontinental Champion on mm-hmm. Raw. You've got a women's champion on Raw. You don't got most of those things on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Your mid card champions now on a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Your world champion wrestles four or five times a year. Oh wow. All we got is a women's champion. Yeah. And the women didn't get any matches on this show. No. So we could really do with some belts. There's a drought on
0: SmackDown. Wow. There's, there's a drought on SmackDown. Lack of champions. Most in part-time celebrities or whatever it is.
2: Hell, I would take the women's tag titles at this point. They no. were on here for like a week. And then they got beat by the tag team amnesia team of Shotzi and Charlotte. Ah, tag team amnesia. Everyone uh. suffers it. But before we, we,
0: we, we, we skadoodle from this point, uh, Ridge Holland and Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne. I'm still fascinated by the fact that Sheamus has not left Canada. He's stuck in Toronto. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. he, he, he fought with Edge. Edge beat him. They went for drinks and he, went, he fell asleep somewhere. He's got amnesia because mm-hmm. we haven't seen Sheamus since the summer.
2: Yeah, he's sleeping under the gardener. I, I keep assuming
0: that they're doing this to make us forget so he pops up on Raw. Because part of me still feel like he... he is between him, um, sidebars, between him and Chad Gable to be Gunter for the title. And I feel like as much as I want Chad Gable to win it, Sheamus, dude's like already in his like mid-40s. He's really hanging on for that one more accolade and then he can go, ah, oh, I can retire in peace. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like Sheamus may potentially go back to Raw because they're breaking up Brawling Brutes because from the looks of it, Rich Holland is frustrated. Brawling Brutes have been losing. They're not like this fearsome trio they used to be. It's just they shelved their former selves. It's kind of like this tag team is dragging both guys down. We know that what Pete Dunne's capable of as a a singles competitor because he's had accolades already as being, you know, NXT UK champion and and so forth and other stuff he's done in NXT and NXT UK and a bit on the main roster. But Rich Holland is the unproven commodity. Rich Holland looks like the kind of wrestler that uh, Vince McMahon would have pushed back like in 2006 to 2007. He seems like the guy that would have gotten the
2: two-month push, like the Mason Ryan push. I can't, he's the guy I was thinking. See, he knows. He knows. See,
0: this is why he's the brains of this operation sometimes, man. He's this guy that knows stuff. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy Vince would have pushed. <laughs> and then after that, he's green. And then he would have got demoted and give. Be given a comedy character and get, then get released or then go to no then go developmental get good and then get released that's what happened to Mason yeah. Ryan but with, with Rich Holland we've seen him get better in real time yeah there's still like some bad taste about what you know the whole biggie situation with the belly to belly was the accident whatever but he's gotten better in the ring but he's someone I'm not sure how he'll you know, do well on the, on the main roster by himself because I don't know how Triple H will push him. We saw bits of of Rich Holland on NXT before he joined up with, you know, Pete Dunne and Ornie Larkin and I blanking on, on the last Danny guy. Birch. It, Danny Birch. So I would say Martin Stone, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, we saw what he did uh, as part of um, that group and also by himself. So I don't know. He, he's definitely with flourish more as a heel. As a baby, I've I seen him being a bit of a lunkhead. But mm-hmm. as a heel, they'll make him a monster. I just, I don't know if there's room for him. I feel like the, the heel side on Smack, especially with Santos turning heel, I always look at what, way of progression will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. he turns heel, but then, then yeah. what? Have a one pay-per-view or pre-show match with Butch where he probably beats him
2: and then what? Do you know what I'm saying? I-, I know exactly what you're saying. And he would be the guy that I would really worry about in this scenario. Maybe not so much if it had happened like, you know, two years ago, where if they had gone their separate ways and Vince was still in charge, I would have said that Ridge Holland would probably get the push, at least the short term push, coming mm-hmm. out of the breakup. But now with Triple H running things again, and you already know that he's a big fan of Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. I could see that Pete Dunne would be the one that would kind of be taken care of coming out of that, being used as another contender for a mid-card championship. I don't know if Gunther would still be Intercontinental Champion by then, but that's a match that I really want to see, etc. So you'd put Butch on Raw after this? just get... No, I would take Walter put him back on SmackDown. No, he's on Raw. I'm over it. Maybe. I don't know. Because I want Walter to continue to have great matches. And he doesn't necessarily need to be an Intercontinental Championship match. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, the agenda is still Gunther to win the Royal Rumble and beat Seth Rollins for the world title at WrestleMania. I could see that being a hell of a match for the world title. Mm -hmm. If they really gave Butch a shot and a push between now and then to get him up to world title contender status. Just having good matches, winning matches singles matches he could and maybe not even a pay-per-view maybe just like a big raw but have that be the main event of raw have them go like 25 minutes tear the house down and you start making that world title feel like a world title not that Seth's done a bad job but Come on, Gunther, you see what he's done with the Intercontinental Championship. You put the world title on him and have him go up against the folks like Pete Dunne. You put him and Ilya Dragunov in that Germany pay-per-view main event. You're not going to have bad results if you do that. No, sirree. My guess in all of this is that the Brawling Brutes probably go their separate ways here.
0: But Ridge has definitely seemed like the one that's going to turn the hill. But what do you do with Ridge? I, no offense, I kept thinking Lars Sullivan. Uh-huh. You gave him the Lars Sullivan push. He's was like, yeah. just being a monster, just beats up people. But I, it's, again, I just don't, I keep saying I don't know because it's kind of scary. Because look happened look to Omos. It's like the only giant that, it seems like the only big guy that, that uh, Triple H likes is um, Bronson Reed.
2: Hey, he's short. Most of them are short. Even Otis is short. I thought you were gonna say almost oh, as short. I was like, Are you are you quite right? <laughs> no. Anyway, we'll move on from this, but it will be interesting to see what happens with the brawling brutes in the weeks and months to come. Backstage. Yes sir. Meechin gets taken out by damage control as they start going around and taking out all the possible babyface candidates to fill that final slot in a war games match. The war games match is announced in the earlier segment. They're like, yeah, we're gonna do war games. Find yourself another partner. Oh, so- and
0: also going back to that segment we were talking about earlier, Bailey didn't know that they made the challenge for war games. It seems that like the low key leader is Dakota Kai. It seems like, well, she's definitely the spokesperson for the mm-hmm. other three ladies. Yeah. Dakota is definitely in on it. I posted on, on Twitter that she's got a history of turning on people. So she don't sure trust us. Yes. In war games, in fact. As well, yeah, exactly. I couldn't find a video online which annoyed me, but i got pictures though. You know. Ask Raquel and ask, you know Tegan? Yeah, I was gonna say Nixon Newell. <laughs> 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 that name that name is, is much more imprint in my mind than what's it what's it what's the WWE name? T yeah,
2: Tegan Knox. Ask Tegan, she would tell you, don't trust that Dakota Kai. No, do not. And then we got my favorite thing on the show. Yes. And that, well, I say that. A Tempest special. A Tempest special. Because we had a little backstage deal that was shot earlier in the day of Dragon Lee going to Nick Aldis and saying, like, let me represent Rey Mysterio. Let me prove to Rey Mysterio why I deserve to be on the team or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And Nick Aldis says, okay, I'm gonna let you showcase yourself tonight. I've called up the folks at NXT and I've had them loan me Axiom. So you two can go out and have a great match. So that is exactly what happens. Axiom gets a little video package to highlight his strengths to the new audience that probably hasn't seen him before. And they go out and they have a great match. They have a match that I very much like is becoming a pattern on SmackDown. You know, it's like we said last week, it's very good to have a little bit of variety mm-hmm. on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. It's good to engage as many different kinds of audiences as possible on SmackDown. And it's, you know, been in the news that Triple H is trying to make SmackDown kind of a show where Kyrie Sane's taken more seriously this time. The luchadors are taking a little bit more seriously this time. You're going to get guys like Dragon Lee going out there, having great matches as a way to not only reestablish them as stars, but also make WWE seem like a little bit more of an appealing landing spot for potential free agents. Yeah,
0: come over here. Come over here, guys.
2: Now, it might take a little while for me to uh, like reset and refresh my brain to hey, not sir. hear that a free agent has that I really love has signed with WWE and just go, no, Kushida, what are you doing? You're gonna be on 205 Live. See, that happened. It might take a little while for my brain to be recalibrated, but in the long run, this, if done consistently, can only be a good thing to WWE in my opinion. Because not only in the week to week, do we get great matches like this, Mm -hmm. but it will have long-term effect on the kind of wrestlers they're able to sign, yep. that they're able to showcase, and are therefore able to build more of their shows around.
0: Well, yes, to to piggyback off what you're saying, what, what I like about what uh, they're doing with Dragon Lee is I feel like I'm, I'm hoping they're establishing a pattern on SmackDown because that's the one thing that Triple H did. He's like, uh, when he did on Raw, it was like, you get your weekly 15-minute match and this, he was establishing patterns of, of great wrestling on yeah. shows. So I'm hoping that the, the the Dragon Lee match becomes a featured thing on SmackDown. Like every week, Dragon Lee's wrestling. Who's he going to wrestle. You know, they give him different guys, showcasing different guys that you wouldn't usually see on the show. You know, Cedric Alexander had a, you know, a couple of weeks to, to shine and they're doing acts and it would be like net who's next. You might get Noam Dar next. Who knows? You know, you might get like, you know, uh I'm gonna think which other wrestlers I'll do. You know, you might get I would say, Ben Carter. Do I, I'm not even knowing the actual <laughs> what is their NXT name? Nathan Fraser. That's it. I said what's this generic British name? Nathan Fraser might be over here next week to you know to challenge Dragon Lee. I love how they establish tonight. he's like the unofficial cruiserweight champion mm-hmm. on SmackDown because he doesn't have a title, but His matches are something to behold.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this was very much one of them. There was a lot of really fun action, a lot of really good dynamic movement. They did Spanish fly. They did a one-arm power bomb. And finally, Dragon Lee hit Operation Dragon Lee, as Road Dogg said on commentary. I don't think that name's going to stick. It was the Destino, and he got the win. I really like this match. This is the kind of match that makes me excited to tune into SmackDown when I see it on a card. I love Dragon Lee. I always have. And I very much like that he's one of the guys on our show Also
0: could you admit That he got given Great advice To go to WWE Instead of uh, AEW Because he would Just want to be One of many He would have Probably been LFI It wouldn't make sense Because he got humiliated mm-hmm. and, and masked By his brother But yeah Because Come on Variety adds The spice of life He looks like The biggest thing Being on that show Because he's not One of many luchadors People yeah. are like You know what I'm saying It's not It hasn't been uh, What's the word People don't have burnout From seeing so many luchadors On the show He, yeah. he looks great he doesn't have the hosting car situation where there's like timing issues he went to you know the developmental he got told to look at a hard camera (laughs) he got told to not hit so hard and now he's here
2: listen I'm not gonna say it wouldn't have worked out in AEW but as we're sitting here right now it is working out in WWE so far yes sir so that's a big thumbs up I'm not gonna say that he shouldn't have gone to WWE because we'll see where everything ends up but He's doing pretty well so far.
0: Are you hinting it's too early to do a
2: victory lap? He could. I mean, maybe. Like he's had a few good matches on SmackDown, and if this is anything to go by, it gives me some confidence that this is going to work out for him. Mm. But you know, well, we'll ask me again in a year, and we'll, we'll see where he's at on the card and, and everything. Quickly on ask you what's Axiom. How did mm. you think Axiom, did he, did
0: he leave a good impression for you? Because that's how Dragon Lee started off that way. He started off as the guy that randomly turned up on a show and had a bang of a match against Dominic and look where he is now. Did Axiom yeah. do the same thing? Did he maximize his minutes in your mind?
2: Uh, I mean, yes and no. It was interesting because he was very clearly like, when Dragon Lee was on that episode of Raw, mm. he was sort of the featured performer of that match, even though he was there to make Dominic look good. Mm. So... It's a different sort of situation. It's a little bit apples to oranges where here the dra- the Dragon Lee was still the feature performer of this match. Correct. It wasn't mm. necessarily Axiom's time to look like the big star. Yeah. He went out there to be a very good wrestler, and I think he did a very good job with that. But I don't think there are going to be loads of people clamoring to see another Axiom performance like they were when Dragon Lee turned up on Raw. Ooh, yeah. So I think yes... I think he did very well with what was asked of him in a way that will make the people backstage happy. Mm. But I don't think he like necessarily popped the the whole crowd and made them clamor for more. But that also wasn't his role on this night. Sanchez
0: said he was a good hand. Nothing He's more a but good a good hand. hand. <laughs> it was. You, you said,
2: yeah, I love it because I'm
0: reading it. You're like, this, this is how I read in my head. Good hand performance. It was a good hand performance. When Dragon Lee was on roll, he stole the show. But mm-hmm. this was a good
2: hand performance. So yeah, good hand. <laughs> I will give you a good hand <laughs> Yeah, axiom. good hand axiom, yes. So then we had Santos Escobar coming down to the ring. With his old theme. With it's his so old beautiful. Theme, ah. Old theme. And old attire. He comes out looking real suave. He found money again,
0: because he was yeah. acting like he was broke for the last look at him. For the last six, seven months, he was acting like he's broke and like telling us a sub story. I'm like, dude, you own a yacht. I've seen your yacht on NXT. You lived a nice lifestyle. What is this humble crap I'm seeing from you? <laughs> this is the Emperor of Lucha Libre I've been missing. But at the same time, um, toodles, um or kudos to Triple H for actually allowing fans to get to know Santos Escobar, build a rapport and a connection, and then smash it to smithereens for him to get booed.
2: Yeah, that I think is a very good point because Santos Escobar debuted on the main roster a year ago and was a heel, but the main roster fans didn't have as much of a reason to get invested in this character, mm-hmm. and for a while he was just sort of there like he made it to the finals of that intercontinental championship No. one contenders tournament with ricochet and had a really good match and everything but there wasn't much of a reason to care about the character of santos escobar and now you look at him a year later and visually he looks as he did mm-hmm. with the Legado del fantasma presentation but there's so much more investment into that character so while i wasn't a the biggest fan of like Everything the LWO did, because you look at their run and it's like, okay, most of the time they were there to eat pins for the Judgment Day leading up to WrestleMania and stuff. Uh, But since then, Mm -hmm. there's been some good storyline stuff and a lot of stuff that was built and has made Santos Escobar feel like a much bigger star than he was a year ago. So that gets a big thumbs up. And as for this segment, he comes out and he says, never meet your heroes. My hero was Rey Mysterio. I wanted to be just like Rey Mysterio. But then, but then, he sided with an outsider, like Carlito, over me. I was, I was thinking
0: was like, is it because he's Puerto Rican? I don't know. This, no, I, no, no. I was thinking is it because he has a Mexican? He's like, why'd you let that Puerto Rican in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or probably maybe that's not it, but I, I was really too deep into it. He's like, you let an outsider in. An outsider? Is it because he lives in the islands? And you guys are anyway, cool. Yeah. I was like, cool, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, sure. Outsider. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he says Ray took his US championship match. He should have been the US champion. Mm. And he took that match and he won the US title and then he started to reshape the LWO and welcome in an outsider like Carlito and he's going to believe him over me and I had to do what I had to do and he start he starts talking S word to to Carlito in Spanish and he says ray i don't hope your surgery goes well <clears throat> I hope you get an infection. What? I hope your leg gets amputated. Hold on. So we can never (laughs) see you again. That was dark. (laughs) It was like, Jesus Christ. All right. Player hate of the year, this guy is. Yeah. Like, we were talking last week about this heel turn being done, like, real subtly. Like, you know, it wasn't just like a switch was flipped. Like, it was kind of a slow progression over the course of a segment. And then you get this where it's just like, I hope you lose your leg.
0: That, 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 you know what? No, you know what? It makes sense. He had a week to sit on this. This yeah. guy's been sitting on it, stewing on it, drinking his scotch, chucking it against the fireplace, yeah. the whole dramatics, and then he comes back. And I love the fact that he still maintains, woe is me. Yeah, There is like, it's not my fault. I did everything right. You all stole from me. And he did a sacrilegi- sacrilegious thing of saying, Dominic was right about you.
2: That was the thing I missed there. Yeah. He said Dominic was right which is just the most heinous thing you could say to Rey Mysterio. So Zelina Vega comes out, and she is crying, she's weeping, Mm. and he says, you're either with them or you're with me. And she's crying, and eventually she slaps him. And then she leaves. And he's mad, and Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro come out, and he's yelling at them. You're going to be with them, or are you going to be with me? You were nothing without me. They get in the ring, and they're like, nah, man, you're out of line. What you did to Ray, what you just said to Selena, to Zelina, you're out of line. And he goes, all right, go then. You're nothing without me. You're dead weight. Which, I mean, if you've been watching the LWO, I don't think they've got any wins. Yeah, he's kind of right. He's not exactly wrong when it comes (laughs) to this stuff. Maybe in NXT you could argue otherwise. But here, he's like, yeah, go on. Go be with them. And they turn around to leave, and he hits both of them. And he's beating both of them down, and then Carlito comes out. And this is where Santos bails, and they set up a match for Survivor Series. It's going to be Carlito versus Santos in Carlito's first one-on-one pay-per-view match since 2007. There you go. See? this? This Knowledge. Trivia. Uh, I'm... It's a
0: match where I want no one to lose. I mean, I, I feel like we're I'm in this position where I see so many guys that I like and they wrestle each other and you just don't want any of them to lose because mm. on paper it makes the most sense for Santos to win to build a momentum against Rey Mysterio. But also Carlito just came back and you can argue he already had his first pay-per-view win because he came back on the pay-per-view. But he's like his first one-on-one, you know mm. what I'm saying? It leads to what you've been saying about how they've brought Carlito back to be more of a veteran that's going to put over younger guys and establish them. But I feel like he's got a lot more juice than the tank to, you know, to be a big player in WWE. But anyway, um, so now we were talking about it last week how we assume this feud between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar is going to involve a lot more players involved so it's not going to be like a one on one blood feud like it was between Dominic and Rey. and it seems there were reports that saying that it's, it's true they hope they envision it to be more of a group against group dynamic initially we thought that you know uh that Cruz and Joaquin are going to go back it could still happen because mm-hmm. that attack was i don't know he he he, he kicked he kicked them but he, he, I, I don't know if he kicked them enough for them to be like that was a great ruse, man. Yeah, we're gonna suck right here, you know what I I don't know. I don't know if it reached Vince Russo territory of like nonsensical, kind of like he yeah. just beat them up. And then you can almost argue it was too easy. Two against one. You guys look like chumps. I don't know. It's either that they actually are, you know, friction between them. Or you could see the return of Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo to be part of the new group or the new Legado del Fantasma to fight against Raymond Steele's LWL. And also, Electra Lopez, who was initially part of, you know, Legado del Fantasma, but they kept on NXT and then chose Zelina instead. She could debut and be, you know, the heavy for um, Santos like she was before.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You said Electra Lopez could end up on the main roster, and I think that is one of the most plausible ideas I have heard as of late. Like, you're going to need more bodies in this little rivalry if this is the direction they want to go. Mm. And having someone to offset Zelina Vega, I think probably makes a lot of sense in that case. So we will see where all of this goes. I thought Santos's work here was very good. I think his presentation is very good. I'm very much looking forward to seeing where he goes next. I see big things for him, and maybe a Santos versus Rey match at WrestleMania is in the cards. I wanna, I wanna rush
0: the push with him, because for many reasons, you saw his promo, great on the microphone. He knows how to emote. That guy's very he gets very passionate on the microphone, the way you, you rarely see. You, you can tell it like, I'll be shocked that they actually gave him a script and he read it, because he almost feel like his, his own words came from mm-hmm. his heart. Uh, Again, I keep saying age thing. I know Vince not around anymore. But, you know, Santos, Santos Escobar turns 40 next year. So let's not mess around, guys. Let's stick the rocket ship. You know, give him a few to Ray. Ray put him over and give him the US title or something. Like, like let's go all the way. Because I feel like he's the, he's that guy. Mm-hmm. Light Dragon Lee's that guy. In terms of the future of like the Latino you know, uh, wrestlers on the, on the main roster, I feel like Santos is definitely that guy.
2: I completely agree. Santos can be your top heel. Dragon Lee can be your top babyface. You're set. He's everything they wanted Andrade to be, I feel yeah. like. They wanted a guy that's fluent on the microphone,
0: you know, is, you know, Mexican, has got a great family background. Handsome. He ticks, yeah, handsome. He takes what the box. Yeah, it's, he's that guy. You know, I love Andrade, but with Santos, you do not have to do too much in order to get where he needs to be. He just knocks out of the park. He needs no help with that.
2: Yeah. Big fans of Santos Escobar. Yes, right we there. are. Then. We had a very simple little match as it was Grayson Waller versus Cameron Grimes with Austin Theory on commentary. Gee, thanks. This was a match. This was the most a match thing I've seen on SmackDown in quite some time. They do their back and forth deal. Grayson Waller looks like he's going for his rolling stunner, but hits a rolling flatliner instead. He then rolls to the outside after Cameron Grimes goes for the stomp and Austin Theory's helping him out on the outside, and he... Waller ducks, and Grimes does a kick on Austin Theory, and Waller, like, trips him up, puts him on his head, and then Cameron Grimes rolls back in, and Grayson Waller hits the dingo driver, which is his, like, rolling, flipping kill switch thing, and gets the win. And I'm not opposed to Grayson Waller having like a secondary finisher because I do think that his rolling stunner is very situational. And I think him rolling out of the ring just to roll back into the ring to hit the stunner is ludicrous. Yeah, I, 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 I hate that. It's my least favorite thing when you have to do that much setup for a move because you could just hit a stunner and it's you the you same still, thing. You
0: can still roll and do a stunner. That's what you're trying to say. You're still yeah. being arranged. Roll into do a stunner.
2: That being said, I think this move looks trash. Um, it never looks impactful to me. And that's it. He just gets the win, and then they leave, and there's nothing before or after or whatever. And I guess you want to keep him strong, but this is Grayson Waller's first win on the main roster in a singles match. So like, Bro, there you go. You know, there's that. But like, Cameron Grimes is a nobody on this show. Why? They, they've just given up. Like, no. I don't think they ever didn't give up. Like, he beat Baron Corbin in three seconds. But that that that's. All they've ever done with this guy.
0: I'm assuming with the new with Triple H now back in power, in his mind he uh he will rehab Cameron Grimes after WrestleMania.
2: That's so far from now though.
0: Because there's other. That's wrestlers. like five months from now. I know, I know. I, I could be wrong, but I, I do see that in his mind they've got in they've locked in. Who they're gonna push for WrestleMania season, and no offense, he's like Cameron Graham's under the giant Memorial Battle Royal candidate. You know what I'm Jesus.
2: saying? Exactly, gee, G- willikers <laughs> Get me Trevor Lee back in TNA. You know stat. what? You know what?
0: This is what happened to Cameron graham's and it sucks. He was doing great, right? NXT had a character, had a presentation, had the music, had who the character motivation was. What happened? I think Vince would like it more if you yeah <laughs> so he became what Vince wanted so you put him in the main roster so it like I didn't, I didn't order this Cameron Grounds who who's this Where, where's your chest hair where's your beard how long is it going to take
2: you to grow out your beard
0: pal yeah yeah so I think I think way is he, They have to kill this version. I'm, I'm worried they have to give him a repackaging because he, he debuted on the show without the backstory we know of, of him, you know, with becoming a millionaire, the great feud of LA Knight, the million dollar title, all of that great stuff that we know. No one in on the main roster knows that. They don't know why he's got money, money, it's to the moon. No one knows the backstory of that or the music video. So this guy could be over, but he's on the wrong show. It's weird because he's a worker. So he should be on Smackdown in your mind, but I feel like because of his comedy timing,
2: he should be on Raw. Sure I'm Have him do skits With Otis or something I don't know Oh,
0: uh, Then then he, if, he ain't gonna Get that much of a push I don't know Cause I don't want me I don't want him To be the next Heath, Heath Slater Cause I'm worried They'll look at me like Oh next Heath, Heath Slater But Triple H And William Regal They know who Trevor Lee is They know his pedigree Former PWG champion Former X division champion In TNA This guy has got it He's one of the best Young wrestlers He was one of the best Young wrestlers Cause now I'm a bit older But at the time When I was watching him On the indies And what he's doing uh, it, You know he's, he's from the He's from the house of He's from Omega. His dad used to be a wrestler. This guy's got such a pedigree for wrestling that they they shouldn't make him a one-note babyface, and that's what we're seeing.
2: Sure is. Backstage, we saw Damage Control beating up Zelina Vega, so that's another babyface that won't be on this team. Mm -hmm. And then after the Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, LA Knight, Cody Rhodes thing that we already talked about, we had the actual main event segment of this show. That being Bianca Belair, Shotzi, and Charlotte coming down to the ring after saying backstage that, well, I called her, but I don't know if she's gonna make it in time. Who is her?
0: Who's and who, her? And who did Charlotte call?
2: My God. So they go down to the ring and Damage Control is ready to attack. And who makes the save but Becky Lynch? Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Becky Lynch comes down. And all the heels and the babyfaces brawl to go off the air. So, your theory, potentially, that Kevin Owens gets traded back to Raw briefly to take part in the men's War Games match makes a little bit more sense when you think that potentially Becky Lynch could go SmackDown way to take part in the women's War Games match. Yes. So... This was a fine opening and closing through line for the show. I like it when a wrestling show feels like it has a narrative to an episode, and this one certainly did Bingo. with this who's going to be on the babyface team at WarGames deal. My one criticism of this is that because, like, all nine of the women on SmackDown are all involved in the same storyline. Yes, sir. means that we don't get any women's matches on this show. Which was so bad. It's a little unfortunate. We had a reminder.
0: Oh what, what Mia Yim could have wrestled. You're like, she could have taken on Alba Fire, maybe, and put over Alba yeah. Fire so, you know, there could have been many things they could have done.
2: They've given up on the Alba Fire Island thing, I'm I'm convinced. They haven't. They they, they, they forget, did. They forget. They did two vignettes, and then they were shown backstage watching the the tag team amnesia match, and they haven't been seen since. And that was like three maybe weeks they ago.
0: watched the tag team amnesia, and then they got amnesia, and then they forget. Maybe tag they team did.
2: Match. Maybe it's it it, it gets uh, transmitted through television screens or something. I don't know, but that is my one uh, little note of criticism for this women's war games business is. Uh, Yeah, you need more women on SmackDown to be able to sustain a feud like this. Because I really enjoyed the feud last week when the main event was all the top women having a big match. But we didn't get that match this week. So it meant that we didn't get any match.
0: Boo. But I thought you were going to talk about the awkward ending to the show.
2: Well, yeah, there was that too. (laughs) Go ahead. What? You don't, you don't want
0: to sit uh, there? Go on. I'm spent. <laughs> He's spent. So, what happened in the closing uh, fight? You had a uh, Team Bianca and Team Damage Control all fighting each other. And then you had Charlotte Flair. Superhero Charlotte Flair goes up to the top rope and she does her pattern moonsault. And at the same time she's doing that, EO Sky was also doing a moonsault as well. So, you have both ladies getting up, looking at each other, doing a stare off. You think you're special? You do, I can see see it in your eyes. So they got caught up in the music in their head and eventually they realised, oh crap, we're still on camera. And they started a little awkward brawl. It was so awkward, it was kind of like they were standing there and all of a sudden, EO just went... Uh, and then Charlotte goes, I guess
2: uh. <laughs> And then they, they
0: picked up the pace with Just like how it started Because how you start a a, a brawl It, it kind of like sets the pace Of how the brawl is going to go So it started a bit luckluster. It looks like so, it's so It was like There was no heart behind this it, so it was very awkward It stood there And all of a sudden it's like Crap, what's our cue? Did I miss our cue? Ah, oh, crap oh. So yeah, watch that scene It was a bit awkward it didn't let the segment down, but it just, it, it just didn't make sense. Someone missed the cues of when to start attacking, I don't know. But yes,
2: that happened. Yeah. Not the best ending, ending of SmackDown, as in like the last shot. But otherwise, a decent go-off-the-air angle because Becky Lynch being involved in this is a very big
0: deal. And I also like the fact that they didn't cue up her music. They made it seem like she legit was dressed in her gear, waiting. Or maybe that's why she was late. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was like, I need your help. Charlotte's like, I need your help. And they're like, who's this? <laughs> it's it's me. Oh, I haven't seen you since we dropped our belts, wherever it was. It goes, all right, cool, fine. Bianca, all right, I'll, I'll help Bianca out. <laughs> Shorty, I I don't really know her. But yeah, Bianca, i help her out. Sure, I'll be there. I need to get dressed. <laughs> it's like, Seth, I need you to look after our daughter for me, all right? And you're like, we're, we're, we're in the bus, we're already here. Yeah, yeah, sh- just give him give me five minutes, I need to get dressed. Yeah, because yeah, she had her gear on, but I like the fact they didn't queue up her music. Usually there's always like a, a grab for people, like they had the music ready for a surprise. How is it a surprise if the music guy knows you're coming out? But anyway, yeah, that was, that was good.
2: Indeed. that is going to bring our smackdown review to a close but before we get out of here we have some very important people that we need to thank those being our 25 dollars and above pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk and our wonderful moderating team so a big thank you to willie big e singleton yeah the lumberjack double x logs, double x what is that yeah. name Pitch Perfect, Isaac Octave. Yeah.
0: The Gaelic Storm, Heather
2: Murphy. Yeah. Andrew Gifford, the Big Red Dog. Yeah. And of course, our moderating team without whom we would never be able to do this job. Big thank you to Andy. Yeah. My brother Gaz. Yeah. Ian. Yeah. My brother James. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. My brother John. Yeah. Les. Yeah. My
0: brother, Rob!
2: Yeah! Thank you very much to all of our moderators. We wouldn't be able to do any of this without you. Thank you very much, Sat, for joining me once again. We will be back on Sunday with our review of AEW Full Gear who is the big signing we don't know yet we have our theories but we will see make sure you enjoy the pay-per-view make sure you check out the latest edition of fantasy booking warfare over on parts fun known where i take on Lori blake as we book the end of oscar's streak until then i've been tempest that's been sat that was smackdown and we'll see you next week the house always wins